Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Buffalo Bills, maybe next year, uh, the podcast that beat the Falcons podcasts. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And yes, despite uh, much consternation over a 14-point uh, line, the Bills won by precisely 14, 29 to 15 <laughs> over the Atlanta Falcons. Now, to be fair, uh, they were losing by one um, uh, in the at the end of the first half as I stalled to pick up the box score. Um, but you know, they they come back, they 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 overcome Josh Allen easily. Josh Allen's worst game of maybe his career we'd have to I think dig back into the rookie box to really find a game like this for him but he just had a real hard day throwing the ball but he 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 mitigated it with some other stuff and and uh just like just like the McDermott Bean dream team drew it up uh the power running Buffalo Bills just sort of (laughs) bulldozed the Atlanta Falcons um is what this team was built for frank is this December weather (laughs) snow on the ground January weather snow on the ground yes uh, I'd like to point out that, yes, it's 26. Uh, oh my God. There, the, yeah, the, absolutely. Like the inverse of the, of the previous game, uh, passing versus rushing. I mean, like 38, uh, 40, sorry, 38 plus six is 44 rushes to 26 passes. Um, yeah. So there you go. But we got lots to say about this game. Um, the bills secured themselves a playoff spot, of course. And they also have the opportunity to clinch the AFC East uh, this week with a win over the New York Jets or a loss by the New England Patriots or both. Um, Or both tie. That is the other scenario. Or both tie. Right. So long as there's not a Bills loss plus plus a New England win, um, then the Bills will be repeat AFC East champions. Uh, But let's let's get this uh, game discussion started. Let's go to Scott first. Um, well, I rest my voice for a second and I will, uh, oh yes, my hot chocolate is here. Thank you. With a marshmallow. Wow. I've got a great wife. Okay. Scott, do you, do you have a great wife? And what did you think of this Bills game? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a great wife and we'll just leave that there. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, yeah, it was a very weird game, right? Because when I saw, I did not, I was flying back uh, from Greece on Sunday and I, and so I saw the second half kind of play out and I didn't see the first half and it was all on my phone anyway, but like on, on, um, on the, like the game cast, not, not actually watching the video. And so I saw Josh Allen's numbers at like the 35 minute mark and I was like, oh, he's thrown three interceptions. That's terrible. And we're losing to the Falcons and what is happening? Um, and then as I watched the game in real time or not in real time, but afterwards, um, with the actual things happening, I honestly don't think it, I mean, like, I'm sure, yes, we would have to go into the books to see Allen's worst, worst games. Um, obviously one of them was a deflection, admittedly a deflection that he probably should have rethought. Uh, I'm thinking of the third one specifically, because mm-hmm. it seemed like that guy was right in the throwing lane and Allen was definitely just trying to like whip it past him as hard as he could, thinking there's no way the guy could catch it, which Sure, there is no way he was going to catch it, but if he deflects it up into the air, that that is a bad sign um, because that's that's really how bad things happen frequently. Obviously, another one was the the Josh Allen we've seen him do it a million times, throw back up across his body as he's headed out of bounds. Um, 
it didn't work out in this situation. So I think that is one that Frank would call a, hey, you live with him making that because he will make that nine times out of 10. And the 10th the one is worth the nine that you don't. That's that's fine as well. Um, I think the the second one was also a bit problematic. I forget exactly which that one was. That was, was the also, uh, overthrow. The like overthrow Beasley's pattern Beasley. got interrupted, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he got thrown off his timing. Maybe maybe it sailed on him a little bit. Um, in general, obviously, I think that's the thing with the passing game is, is it's not as much. It's even if Allen has the arm to get it through the winds or to get it to the guy in the snow, the receivers still have to catch it. And that is just as much of the issue in these in these snow games, these cold games as anything. So we definitely saw that as well, um, especially if Allen's trying to rifle it into guys into small windows then it just makes it that much harder to catch it. Um, when you're when you're catching a, a frozen ball. Um, so I think it is obviously it's more complicated to run a passing offense uh, in the cold and snow. And, and you know, we'll see what happens with the playoff seating and if how many home games we end up with, hopefully. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's good to see that the team can run the ball a little bit. Obviously, the Falcons are not a terrifying uh, kind of defense in general. And certainly not a, a terrifying run defense. I am pulling up the stats now, but they were not certainly not a big. Um, they don't have a lot of star talent over there. It's not a very. Uh, let me just pull it up. It is defense. That doesn't help me. Okay, never mind. It, it is not um, great. They are near. They are near the bottom anyway. I yes, want to say they were like giving up four point three yards. They're giving up four point three yards uh, an attempt. Um, to their opponents. So that's obviously the bills were basically right about there on average, um, which is okay. Um, obviously some of that is the Allen run offense, which again, you know, was out there taking some shots. I get it's kind of the end of the season. So we're just going to have to hold our breath on some of these. Um, I was definitely doing it a couple times. Obviously he got popped once or twice. That's going to happen as well. Um, I will say it was nice to see the defense um, come to play again against a, a middling Atlanta team, um, but but they did their jobs. Uh, I think one of the best games the defensive line has had in some time. Um, obviously, Harrison Phillips had a huge game um, with the fumble recovery and the sack. Um, Rousseau had a nice game. And Oliver, I feel like, has been playing well in general and had another good game. Um, so that was nice to see. I think in general they were doing a good job of getting pressure and, and putting Matt Ryan under the gun. Um, so yeah, I, I think the defense has, has nothing to be ashamed about. I think they did a pretty good job the whole game. Um, so yeah, it was a nice, it's a nice, I don't say it's a nice, easy win, but it was a good win against a, an average, you know, average to mediocre team. And, uh, we need another one next week and then, um, get through it healthy. And then we're, we're on to, onto the playoffs. For the record before Paul gets started, uh, it's his, it's his worst game by passer rating, but obviously that doesn't factor in any of the running. Um, and if you look at most of them, it would be 2019 and 2018. Like of the top 10, about seven of the top 10 are 2018, maybe six, and then two are 2019. And then two are this year, the other one being, um, or this season, the other one being the Jacksonville game, 31 of 47 for 264 yards and two interceptions and only 30, uh, you know, uh, 50 yards rushing. But he's got two games, like the loss to, Green Bay and the win against Tennessee in 2018, um, 22-0 to Green Bay, 13-12 over Tennessee, where his his ratings were in the 30s. This is a passer rating of 17, if you are wondering. Um, 
he wanted know. to match his number at least once in his career. exactly uh his best rated game the dolphins september 20th 2020 31 28 he was 24 35 for 415 yards and four touchdowns passer rating so uh take that for what you will paul give us your thoughts i just wanted to put a bow on that discussion yeah good idea uh here we are yet another week of talking about Devin Singletary in the Bills ground game, just bailing out a poor performance by Josh Allen, uh, you know, like, yep. like a broken record we are. Uh, seriously, this was uh, refreshing to me to uh, uh, to use Frank's terminology of putting a bow on it. I did look up the Falcons rush defense, 26th in uh, yards, uh, 18th in yards per attempt. So a middling to poor defense, depending on which of uh, rush defense, depending on which of those you prefer to go with. Some games you're going to have to win like this. And I was actually, you know, refreshed by this this game somewhat. I think you need to have different ways to win. And it's a discussion we've had many points on this pod. It's a discussion that many have elsewhere about are the Bills too reliant on Allen? Are the Bills too reliant on the pass? There is an answer along the continuum there that's correct, but, you know, no one really knows what it is. But I think this is this proves that having a competent rushing offense can be valuable. We look at the first half, Scott analyzed the interceptions and I would largely agree. Uh, some were largely bad luck or, or so forth, but there were cases where, you know, Allen could have made better decisions or in one case made a better throw. So you want to see him clean that up. So you had those issues in the first half, especially in the second quarter. The first quarter went very well. The defense, we saw too much of, you know, them giving up big plays and just essentially handing the opponent uh, the ball deep into the territory, into Bill's territory. So those were problems. But then what happens in the second half? You have the interception and then the, the defense wakes up. Their stop uh, after the Bills had turned the ball over and the Falcons got possession, I think, at the Bills 25 yard line. And the Falcons end up not even attempting points uh, to get points on that drive. That 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 really turned it around. Um the offense they didn't score. They didn't score for the rest of the game. Yeah, they they did not, and that really heads off to the. Well, defense. they did, and then they didn't. Right. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we should we could spend a minute on that too. We haven't yet, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely. I'll work that into my very end of uh, discussion here because the whole Poyer Ryan thing was amusing. Uh, so the offense decides to incorporate the running game after Josh's third INT early in the second half. They got the ball back, I think, with around 12 minutes left in the third quarter and, you know, utilizing a run heavy ball control offense. They only had three more possessions the entire game. They had a long TD drive, shut down the Falcons, then another long TD drive and then the whole Poyer Ryan fun. And then they ran out the clock the last five, six minutes of the game. That had to be boring as hell to a casual viewer at home. But that is a thing of beauty to those of us worried about the offense leaning so exclusively on Josh to to make it go. This is not how you will win every game, uh, but it is how you will win some games in the NFL when the matchups call for it. Uh, the Colts and Pats took a similar, took this approach to the extreme and used it to beat the Bills uh, in games earlier this season. So I see no harm in us seeing, seeing finding an opponent where this works and doing it. And if the games have to be as boring as they were in the second half, uh, I will take it. There was one moment in the second half that was not boring, and that was uh, Matt Ryan seemingly scoring a touchdown, spiking the ball in Jordan Poyer's face, and then saying something that I'm sure uh, was— well, the ref you know, was there. It must have been something that he said, right? Right. Like, it must have been like, oh, your wife should get vaxxed. Or, I don't know. Who knows? It was something <laughs> like that. 
But either way, it got the refs higher. The flag was thrown. I will say there's the Bills got lucky on two counts here. One, I'm actually the one fan of generally the taunting penalty. That was, eh, yeah, it was taunt worthy. It was no worse than Devin Singletary, though, you know, towering over a guy after scoring one of his touchdowns. Uh, and then, yeah, whatever he said must have crossed the line. So I don't know what was said. Uh, you know, Lord only knows that must have done. He must have said the magic words. I think the knee down before the end zone that I know they reemphasized that rule in 2018, like, oh, it's a QB giving himself up. I think that's dumb. I think the Bills got lucky on both counts that that happened. But then give credit to the defense. They they got and then. Yeah, the break that that ends up being is instead. I was thinking after it, the time happened, like this is key because now this extra point becomes a 47 yard field goal attempt. But that is not what happened because then they ruled him down before the end zone. Changed the whole complexion of that uh, defense shut them down. Offense never gives them the ball back. That's the way the game goes. I feel the Bills have gotten screwed by officials so much this year. It, it was bound to bounce out. And now is a good time of season to bounce out. Let's bounce that out in January, shall yes. we? January so, and maybe February. Yeah. Um, so so all in all, my my general impression, uh, and Stephen had some questions about this game that we'll get to in listener questions that yeah. help address this further. But I'll just say I was... I was pleased to see the Bills can win without having the same old approach. And Scott mentioned the great performances on defense. Uh, I won't individually because he'll do three stars. But, uh, yeah, really good job. Um, Yes, I think that for me, it reminded me. I think Spencer Brown had a taunting penalty earlier Mm -hmm. this year where he kind of said something to somebody and they flagged it. And I was like, or, you know, to me, it's like I'm not thrilled with whatever that is, but it's the rule. And I'll, mm-hmm. and like you sort of said, I'll take it. I mean, I remember sort of being, um, it's just sort of remarkable, right? Like, cause it's Matt Ryan too, right? He's the yeah. leader. He's the quarterback. If, if there's it, like the playoffs are on the line and you of know, the, he, the 45 Falcons on field, who's the least likely to have a mental breakdown of that sort at that point in the game, he's got to be in the forties somewhere. He's got to be low. He's got to be yeah. down there, right? You, you're yeah. expecting him, you know, Matty ice to sort of be cool. And he wasn't. And, um, I don't know. They sort of deserved it after they punted from the, from the 40, whatever it was, you know, it was sort of like such a lame, you yeah. know, that'd be fair. Was, they screwed themselves because if they go for it, it was like fourth and 17. So you're probably yeah. going to miss the crowd will go wild. Yay. We got the ball back in better position. Then we left it field goals under 50% from that point with the weather conditions. So then the bills get the ball at the 39. Yay. Crowd goes wild punning and hoping it lands at the five. Not the worst option, uh, but yeah, they the Jets screwed themselves. The Falcons screwed themselves, and I'm glad they did. That, I mean, that's that's just an incredibly, like, like the the leverage of that of the, that sequence of events is actually like like if if he had actually scored there, the I mean the Bills have to keep playing. Like they like yes. they, they're not. It's not a two score lead. It's that they're they're in. Clearly, the Falcons have life in the second half. They had gone down the field and done a good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then and then to lose it, I mean, that's the thing. When the ref throws that flag, obviously he doesn't know that Ryan is going to end up being short and it's going to go to that kind of thing because you don't know if, like, in hindsight, it's like, yeah, I mean, it was technically taunting, but, like, not, like, lose a touchdown and the whole game taunting. <laughs> like, like, that that is I a little harder to swallow if you're a Falcons fan looking at, you know, a 7-9 and nine and now you're out of the playoffs. 
for for real. I mean, you were you were sort of out before, but yeah, um, that was that that's it's penalties are are tough sometimes. This is Scott's way of complaining that they didn't win by less than two scores or exactly. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, and if it wasn't for the measly mouth ref, I would have won <laughs> my bet. If, he, um, if if it wasn't some some if he didn't drop his monocle into his martini glass when Matt Ryan suggested that Jordan Poyer could do a better job, um, that I would have looked far more smart. Yes. Uh, Josh Allen is allegedly tied for third in Bill's history for rushing touchdowns with 31. Uh, That's with Cookie Gilchrist from the 60s. And you might have heard of the other two guys, O.J. Simpson and Thurman Thomas. Um, He's also pretty high on the list of rushing quarterback touchdowns ever, um, having only played three or four years. Uh, there are, um, and then I, there's a couple other, like these, this is from Buffalo Bills PR. This is the second time in team history where two players have run for multiple scores. The other time, uh, 1978, Curtis Brown and Terry Miller, like you would have all guessed. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They were the leading rushers at various points in the late seventies. So that was that we all forgot about that post OJ pre Joe Cribs, uh, yuck era. They still had, they still had the good line but couldn't do anything right. um the uh bills did not punt again this week which is a little different than last week but you know it, it's josh, josh allen did say he wished they punted three times yes uh, right. <laughs> um and then this is the third time that two people have gone over 700 yards rushing josh allen and devin singletary i think this is the first time ever one of them was a quarterback because you have jim braxton and oj simpson and then cj spiller and fred jackson yep um and then there was one other good Allen one. He's in like a weird club of back to back forty, back to back four thousand passing yards and forty total touchdowns. And the only other people to do that are Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. So um, I say all this because, like, despite his his terrible game, he still sort of you know is pushing forward. And I think that's the final thought I want to get on is if you watch the Cleveland Steelers game or just even the highlights of it. You know, it's nice that Allen can have a bad game and still be productive in a way like he can still do something to help the team. I really like that. And I'm glad that they're sort of leaning into that when they have to. Obviously, it's better when he passes better. Um, I'm a little confused by the Bills fans that thought this was a good time to complain about him not being in the MVP race or the Pro Bowl, but to each their own. But to to truly, um, you know, Baker Mayfield can't do that and neither can. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger anymore for that matter. And so that idea of, okay, the pass game is a little sideways, but we can still do things with him because he is such a weapon um, is truly remarkable and, and hopefully will last for years and years to come. But let us get to three stars so we can discuss more things, including whether Josh Allen is playing like a bum this year or not. Uh Yes, um, I will. I will start as I often do my three stars with a uh, semi-long tangent slash riff based on something Paul said. Um, yes. No, I will say as someone who watched uh, the final. Uh, well, I watched the whole Wisconsin Arizona State Las Vegas Bowl, and I, uh, being a true Badger fan, enjoyed nothing more than the Badgers getting the ball at their own three-yard line with uh, 10 minutes and three seconds left in the fourth quarter and a seven-point lead and literally running the ball all the way down the field mm-hmm. with, like, I think two passes, a 10-minute drive, did not even score a touchdown at the end, just got down to the Arizona State one- or two-yard line and then started taking knees. Um, that yeah. was pretty epic. 
I yeah. love that old school. So I used to play, yeah, I know in the Madden era, everyone's like all about the big passing numbers. Back when I would play ABC's Monday Night Football on my computer, oh yes, this was a while ago. My goal is to get Thurman Thomas to 250 yards rushing every game and to have 45 minutes or more of possession. So fun. So fun to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is uh, time for three stars. Um, uh, um, it is... There's not a lot of great performances there. I, I, there will be some. We will get through them. <laughs> Honorable mention, Kyle Pitts. Two catches, 69 yards. Obviously a tough cover. Nice game. Good player. Glad he's in the other conference. We don't need another guy like him. Uh, Honorable mention, Josh Allen. 11 of 26, 120 yards. Three touchdowns, three interceptions, excuse me. But still 15 carries on the ground, 81 yards on the ground. And the 81 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. So much better afternoon there. Um, even as bad as he played, um, or as as poor as his throwing game was, I'm still not sure we would have won the game without him. But at the same time, you wonder like if you had put in a league average quarterback in this situation, would we have won? I think that's there is a case to be made from that. So I still think honorable mention is about right for him. Um, honorable mention also goes to Seth Diggs, who I thought had a pretty good game other than I think he had the drop in the end zone at one point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of a big deal. Um, so I'm going to give your third star goes to, uh, Greg Rousseau had a, had a nice, uh, good game. Um, Groot, my boy, I've given him a couple this year, mostly because I like him. He's also, Good enough on the defensive line usually to 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 deserve some some merit. Um, had the sack and and three more tackles in the TFL. Um, second star though goes to Harrison Phillips, who obviously had the big uh, fumble recovery, literally as they were talking about him on the broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. And had again um, has been playing very well lately. Um, and good for him because if he wasn't, he would have been on the street um, in the off season. And now uh, you know we're gonna have to figure out what we do with him. But that's that's a good problem to have. I'd rather have him playing well. Obviously. Uh, and then your first star goes to who else? Devin Singletary, the rock on which the Bills are built. Um, 23 carries, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, just another another great day at the offense. Old, reliable Devin Singletary. Even had the classic drop flare pass um, just to <laughs> put the icing on the cake. And, uh, yeah, it was um, – I mean, I will say this. It's good for him to have – some confidence let's say that right because we want him to play as best as he can and to do that you need to be confident so hopefully this is a good confidence building game it's unlikely he's going to get 23 carries every week next week against the jets there's a decent chance of that just because the jets could get run out of the building we'll say um though obviously they took tampa bay to the mattress uh on sunday so they retired and skating they retired yeah. Antonio Brown. Yeah, like they ended his career. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't want to overlook them. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's let's hope Devin continues to play well going into teams that know how to play defense. Um, and we'll just leave it there. Yeah, okay. career, high, uh, career high rushing yards at 782 this season for Devin Singletary. And career high in rushing TDs, which is funny because we all act like, oh, he's had kind of an off-season, you know, off-year considering what we thought he'd be his rookie year. But he's put up better numbers, so which will be an interesting question I think Stephen had. Um, Let's go to, I want to jump to Josh Allen first. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, so if you guys have the list, I I, I pulled up from Sal Capaccio, who's been comparing Mm. 
2021 to 2020, and we are 16 games in each season now. There is some slight deviation you could point to because we played Washington and we haven't played the Jets twice. I find Washington and the Jets kind of comparable. And so I think I'm comfortable, you know, you know, this is statistically valid um, or statistically close enough. But I sent you guys the list. You guys um, listening at home, you can look up Sal Capaccio's Twitter if you're not there already. But qualitatively and and quantitatively, Allen has had a worse year in 2021. Um, The completion percentage is 5% down. The yards are 400 yards down. You know, yards per game, obviously. The yards per attempt is is maybe uh, it's a whole yard per attempt that's dropped. That mm-hmm. that's kind of, there's something there. Um, less touchdowns, more interceptions, um, passing. Um, he's been sacked the same number of times, uh, which probably speaks to his elusiveness. Uh, the one place that has gone up is you know only 15 more carries, but th- you know almost 300 more yards rushing. Um, not quite as many touchdowns. They haven't used him in those short rushing touchdown options, but he his yards per attempt are up a whole almost two yards. Um, so it evens out decently overall passing and rushing. He's only a hundred yards off the mark, uh, of 2020 and his touchdowns are down five. He's got 40 touchdowns total versus 45 total from 2020. Um, but the, you know, I think that this is a, a question of how to, how to view Allen's season, um, going forward. And let's go to, let's go to Paul first. Do you take comfort in this? Do you worry about it? Um, how do you view his 21, 2021 campaign in, in light of 2020? Right. And you added the key qualifier there, which was in light of 2020, because can you imagine if Josh Allen had put up the numbers he put up this year on the heels of his 2019 season? We'd yeah. be saying, wow, his, his completion percentage is up a full 5%. He's passed for over 4,100 yards. He's rushed for 700 yards. You know, he's, I feel the, sta- the standard he set in 2020 was probably an unattainable, uh, un, uh, unmaintenanceable. Let's make up a word. <laughs> sure. Uh, a, a, a standard. Cannot perform would be- maintenance on his 2020. <laughs> Unsustainable. Unsustainable. That's an actual word that fits in this context. So we'll go with unsustainable. You can, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up the 2020 numbers again at points in his career, but to expect someone to put those up every year is a little bit uh, much. I think he's been, you know, let down a little bit by some of the people around him this year. I think he's forced things a little more in games where the offense has not functioned fully. I do not worry about him in the long term. And I won't, I want to, uh, hijack the discussion on this. So I'm just going to point out one thing to kind of focus on before we, we pass along to Scott. I think one of the biggest culprits, and you guys can argue with me on this, mm-hmm. is is Cole Beasley. I think uh, he, you look at his numbers year over year. Look at Cole Beasley last year. He had 107 targets, same as he does this year. He had 82 catches last year versus 78 this year. So somewhat less reliable, but statistically that's only a you know less than 4% drop uh in percentage but the big thing is he had 967 yards last year and 662 this year he's not that's an 8.5 yards per catch average for a guy who had nearly 12 yards a catch last year i think losing that and he's missed time too as have sanders and davis who also occasionally play in the slot i think he is definitely missed having that uh reliable outlet that can pick up first downs with consistency 
uh, in those situations. I think we're starting to see the regression that occurs in the, you know, around age 32, 33, which is is where Beasley's at now. And I think that that hurt. I think not having Beasley is that go to option with consistency that he had last year meant that things weren't as open for Diggs, whose numbers are also down, but still the second best in his career and very, very good. Uh, when we didn't see Gabe Davis emerge, we, had, we saw Sanders kind of fall off the, the cliff a little bit. So I I think the lack of having that threat at slot receiver that he had in a, you know, a, a second team all pro with Beasley last year and, and Beasley's aggression has really done a number. And especially, you know, we talked about the biggest fall, one of the biggest falls being in yards per uh, throw by Allen yards per attempt. Yeah, I mean, Beasley's yards per catch has fallen 3.3 yards uh, per reception. That's that's not going to help your call. So that's all I'll say on the on the topic and where I think a, a symptom is. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think it's it's definitely you you have to look at the whole the whole offense, right? Because mm-hmm. the passing when you're looking at his his numbers, it is the passing offense that you're when you look at his passing numbers, you're looking at the entire passing offense, and with that, you have to take into account obviously. I mean, 2020 was before COVID, which seems like it must be 10 years ago, but in fact was actually only <laughs> two years ago. Um, and and the offensive line was uh, good and, and healthy for the whole season. And for the most part, if I recall, um, mm-hmm. it also uh, was, uh, I think the last year, but that was the last year with Smoke Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I don't, I you know, the the rotate you know Sanders has has had some nice moments for us, but I don't think he's as good as Smoke Brown was. I think we Gabe Davis um, was really just getting started last year. Yep. Yeah. So he it's it was it was too early for him, and he is not you know he's fully blossomed. I think at this point where he should be taking those kind of snaps and increasingly is taking those number two wide receiver snaps. Um, but I agree that Beasley is part of it. The offensive line is part of it. The COVID is part of it. So I think all of that uh, affects Allen, and 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 that that doesn't mean it, it he doesn't have to do a better job too, or or could not do a better job. But it is also not fair to put it all on him when evaluating his passing totals, I guess I would say. Um, but that said, I still agree with the Paul that it is some of that, that what happened this year in terms of the offense, people getting injured, people getting dinged, transitions, all these kind of things. Those are more likely than the perfect year where everybody's healthy and everybody's fine. Um, and I should probably actually do some research on 2020 to see if like there wasn't some huge injury that I'm missing and, and completely invalidates my point, but we'll forget that for now. No, I think that you're right that they were preternaturally healthy last year and they didn't certainly didn't miss nearly as much time with COVID as they have this year. I think that you guys are hitting on the the points that I think are are key. I think I think there is some receiver issue. I think you know everyone forgets that it's regression to the mean. It's not just falling back. It's it's going back to whatever the natural state is. Mm-hmm. Um and so you know if 2021 is the natural state of Josh Allen count your blessings because this is a great year to have over and over and over with him. Um, you know, like if this is going to be the average, I think, yeah, the only other thing I would want to highlight is I, you know, at, at Sanders kind of fell off, but I was wondering if, if Dawson Knox doesn't miss a handful of games, does he start to fill in some of these passes that are meant for Beasley and, mm-hmm. and, and help, you know, open up things 
across the board. But I think, yeah, they had a they had a unique um, uh, wide receiving core last year and a unique level of health. And they have a very good core this year, but it certainly is not quite the same. It's not just him. And I think the last thing I would want to say is that the Bills need to build a dome to cover <laughs> him because I think that's just I don't know. It's 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 endless. It's just endless. I can, you can't open Twitter without a Bills fan being mad about something and lately it's the dome and it's like okay but but it's like it's like another almost billion dollars and no one's going to spend an almost billion dollars to have josh allen play in a dome starting in 2027 um and no so stop asking please it's just it's it's actually probably not causing him nearly as much trouble as you think um so anyway but that's just the position of me on this podcast you feel free to have your position out there in dummy land. Um, okay, so let's go. That's to, a very Scott position to take. Uh, what can I say? We all have a little Scott in us sometimes, and for me, it is the it is the it is the dome nonsense. Um, <laughs> look, if they were interested in the dome, I'm all for it, but they're not, and I I can't blame them. It's like, yeah. you know. Anyway, whatever. This is not. We're not. We're not going into this conversation today. We're not. Uh, what we are going to do is go to playoffs. Um, because the Bills are in, um, they could be the seven seed, the six seed, the four seed, the three seed, or the two seed. The one and the five seeds are out. Um, the Bills will be trying hard on Sunday afternoon. They've been moved to 425 p.m. It is a national game. It will be broadcast locally here in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and so uh, join us at our house. Actually, you cannot join me at my house right now. I am sorry. Um, there are <laughs> health reasons why you are not allowed to be here. Um, but uh, feel free to look at my window from the street and I'll point <laughs> the TV there. Um, but uh, we, I wanted the guys to look over the potential first round matchups um, that the Bills could play and rank them. We could do this all together or we could list them separately. I, what we what might be fun is if we each voted who the best matchup is and we try and get two out of three people to at least agree and then and then work our way down. Yeah, we, that, that's a good idea. I yeah, actually did rank them um, at the you very beginning them by probability, right? No, no. I also in, uh, like on my internal notes, I have them oh, ranked. Okay. You said okay, from good. worst to best. So maybe I can offer a suggestion as who the worst is, and then you guys can say yours, and then we'll hit the consensus that try, way. Try and do that because we never talk together very much anymore. So no, we don't. So this will be a good. This uh, could be fun. Okay, so one. just to read them off in in yeah. order of mo most likely to least likely, New England is the most likely. Uh, showing up in 34% of scenarios on playoffstatus.com, followed by Las Vegas at 27%, Indianapolis at 27%, and everybody else is less than 10%, with the LA Clippers or Chargers at 7%, <laughs> Kansas City at 3%. I guess that would be a weird scenario. Now we're getting into scenarios where... Yeah, it's like Buffalo's up, a 7 seed and Kansas City's Buffalo's a 2 the seven seed. seed yeah. Right. Um, so, you, and then, so you could have Kansas City... Um, and then you have Pittsburgh, which would be you win, but Pittsburgh makes it Baltimore, where you win, but Pittsburgh, but Baltimore makes it Cincinnati. You'd have to fall out of into seventh, into the yeah. sixth, seventh seed. And then Tennessee is also available. Uh, those are all less than one percent. Um, so, Paul, get yeah. us started. Who do you think is the the best matchup out of those teams? Are we are we, are we doing even the less than one percent options? 
Do you want to toss those out? Do you want to get rid of Baltimore Cincinnati? I feel like in the interest of not having this be a 90-minute podcast, yes. All right. So Fair let's enough. do... Okay. All right. I will Pittsburgh, cross with this. Casey, so this. Chargers, Indy, Vegas, and New England. So New England, Vegas, Indy, and the Chargers, and then... And then I think Casey, I think, I think Casey and Pittsburgh are also fine, because those are at least 1%. I think get rid yeah. of KC, because I think we want to focus on, if it's okay with you... Sure. I'd rather have... Fine. Pittsburgh and Baltimore and focus on the Bills winning the division. Okay. And, and then, so New England, Las Vegas, Indianapolis, the Chargers, and then I'll say Pittsburgh and Baltimore because those are games you would play if you won the division. All right. So we're going the optimist route. All right. Well, yes. the good news for Frank is that my initial ranking, I had the worst matchup is Kansas City and the second yep. worst is Cincinnati. So yeah, that's good. And I had Tennessee as fourth worst. So I'd say the best matchup will do best to worst. And I guess I had it listed as Las Vegas. Las Vegas. OK, I think out of that list, I think I don't know. I mean, Las Vegas is certainly best amongst the the high percentage teams. But I think I'd want to play. I don't know. What do you think, Scott? Baltimore. I think I'd want to play Baltimore or Pittsburgh. I think that I think that Buffalo could. I think Buffalo is ready to handle a team like Pittsburgh, which doesn't do anything particularly well, but kind of wins. I think their luck tends to run out this time of year. And Baltimore's had a lot of just just bad luck. I think those two teams I would I would prefer to play, but I'm I'm willing to be persuaded, Scott. I mean, it's it's tough because like what ba- I mean, are you getting Baltimore with Josh Hundley, or are you getting Baltimore with with Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Because like if Lamar Jackson is healthy and had eight weeks off. I'm a little worried about that game because <laughs> in terms of a guy who can break down the bills run defense, like we've done a good job against him in the games we've played, but like, okay. I'm not, I'm not like that confident about it. Okay. Um, Pittsburgh is a little concerning just because of what happened earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Las Vegas, I, I believe is also kind of a good matchup just because the, 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 um, whatchamacallit, the, Passing, running, quarterback. Sure, one of those things. Um, I mean, their top receiving weapon last week was Zay Jones. Zay Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, which is a good pass good matchup given given um, what's his face is out, Trey White. Um, So I still think I would kind of like of this list, I kind of like the the Chargers maybe, just because I feel like. They're not really ready for prime time. Eckler's a good back, but not like a game-breaking speed back. Um, I think Herbert is good. Um, obviously, they've got some horses, but on I guess they're getting healthier now. I guess Bose is back, so it's a little concerning. I mean, there's no bad teams here. I guess if you really put my gun to the, put a gun to that, I would say probably Pittsburgh is probably who I feel the most confident with, just on the theory that that Roethlisberger is going to go into a shell if he gets touched, and hopefully that would lose them the game. Okay, we have yep. two votes for Pittsburgh, so yep. they're going to be listed first. Yep, that's, and then that's, um, my, I will note the one concern with Pittsburgh, but I agree, two out of three wins. Uh, let's not forget about T.J. Watt and what they did to the Bills. Yeah, that's fair. No, I think we know what their they did to the Bills. Their defense was the reason they beat us once, and their defense has not gotten worse. In fact, they've probably gotten better. So I think to finish my thought on it would only be that the Bills have finally been playing a lot of these defenses all year, and so 
they would have a better handle on what to do with it than they did the first time. Um, but that is a fair point. And the good news is, as, as we said, there's not a lot of bad teams here. There's right. a couple of mediocre teams. Okay, so we're going to have Pittsburgh first, which would mean Las Vegas would still be your highest pick on the yes, board. Yes, so my next one would then be Las Vegas again. So. Yeah, Vegas for the Chargers. I think I'm more worried about the Chargers than Scott is, and, I'll, and I will go Las Vegas here because I have less confidence. Basic, I'm basically boiling it down to the quarterback, and I think yeah. Derek Carr is kind of washed. Not exactly washed, but I think they you know what he is, and he's not going to surprise you. And he can be good, but I don't think – I think I trust uh, the Bills to contain Zay Jones and those weapons more so than I, I think – uh, the, the Chargers defense, who I think still have Joey Bosa, which I think he worried me last yeah, time I yeah. saw him. So I'm ready to go to Las Vegas second. Sure, let's do Vegas. Let's do okay. Vegas. All right. It is. Who's Pittsburgh, next on your list Vegas. there, Paul? I would have had, and this I think will be debated by Scott for sure, I had Baltimore next as an opponent I would like to have because I think they have contained Lamar very well in recent matchups. I don't think they've had any consistency in weapons this year. And while certainly they could prove a challenge, I, you know, compared to playing Justin Herbert, for example, you know. So you have, but so, okay, so Paul says Baltimore. Scott, you can go with the Chargers still. There's also the Colts and the Patriots. So I think this is really a question about the Chargers and, and the, the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, don't think anybody's is. going to be reaching for uh, New yeah. England or, or Indy. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I am... I'm trying to get the latest on Jackson's industry on Jackson's industry. I mean, obviously I think, I guess, I guess we can go with the Ravens here. Okay. I think, I think the concern is, is if he is, he may not even be there. Right. So yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's three games. He's been out. Uh, he missed the last two practices last week. Um, so, I mean, Huntley has not played terribly. Right. Um, but I think that's the thing. Like, Yeah, I don't think Lamar Jackson's coming back at 100% if he's going to play either. You know, it's like. It's an ankle injury. So it's definitely not like it's a broken bone. And once it's fixed, it's fixed. Right. Um, so there's some strength there. Um, I mean, the, the Ravens aren't playing poorly, but I guess, yeah, I think when you look at it, yeah, the, the Ravens might be the better choice. Okay. So we're going to go with the Ravens next. So we went, we went, um, Pittsburgh first, then we went, the we went Las Vegas, Vegas second, yeah. mm -hmm. the Ravens. Are we now going to get to the Chargers, Paul? Uh, we are indeed going to get to the, uh, the Chargers, though it's closer than I, than you guys had it, but I'm going to say the Chargers too. The QB worries me, but he's still a young QB. They have been remarkably inconsistent team that can go off and beat the Chiefs and then look just like complete trash against the Texans. So sounds like the Bills to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, except for the, the Bills obviously have more experience and are a bit more settled at these positions. Scott, since you wanted the Chargers first, I assume you're okay here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I was considering the Chargers first. I hadn't made up my mind for Sure. I like to keep my mind open. I mean, but yes, any team that can, yes, uh, lose to the Texans 41-29 and then beat the Bengals 41-22 is someone who is inconsistent and has the potential to beat you and be scary, but also has the potential to just not even show up and get lose to lose to a terrible Texas team. So, all right, here we are at Colts yep. and Patriots. Um, all right. This team I actually had is close to the chargers. In fact, I swapped them a, a few times, but I had the Patriots next and yes, uh, they have beaten the bills, 
but the Bills have also beaten them, whereas the Colts shellacked the Bills. Uh, you still have a rookie quarterback. You know what you're getting. I think the Bills have more talent, and we were talking about two teams facing each other for the third time. Uh, often it's a team that has more talent that, that wins because you can only game plan so many things. So that was my logic here. Um, yeah, I, I want to agree. I, I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little worried about, um, Bill Belichick in the post. I think we can both agree. These, these next two teams should worry us. <laughs> yeah. I think these are the top two teams for worrying. I'm trying to see the Colts have lost to, they lost, yeah. So they did most of their losing at the beginning of the year. They lost to the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Titans, and then the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. And then they lost to the Titans a second time in overtime. And then they basically beat everybody else. Oh, no, they lost to the Buccaneers late, but that's not really a knock against them. Uh, and they just beat the Patriots 27-17, and they just beat the Cardinals 22-16. to yep. And then they, and then inexplicably, the team that's second on our list, the Raiders, beat the Colts 23 23- to 20 when when the Colts absolutely needed that game if they had won that game they would have been in with no concerns you know looking at yeah. a division uh title and instead they're now having to keep scrapping all the way to, to week 17 it's it's week just in, you know and, and you know Wentz throws a touchdown no turnovers Jonathan Taylor gets 100 yards and a touchdown and they limited the big plays I'm guessing that's probably what Vegas did they probably sort of just they weren't able to break anything open so you know I don't want to call the Colts a paper lion they've certainly beaten some good teams but they also including the bills <laughs> definitely including the they beat a they beat a covid kind of bills but yes they beat the bills um I think I'm with you I think the I just hope it's not recency bias yeah. but I think I'm with you I think I would prefer to play New England. I believe less in Mac Jones and the and they just won 50 to 10. Um, so, you know, against the Jaguars and, uh, you know, the, the ball of Boston is a glow again. And there is certain caveats about having to play a team a third time. And Bill Belichick is probably still a good coach, even though he's not exactly Sun Tzu. Um, but I think I'd rather play New England. And then the Colts are probably the the talent wise team that that bothers me the most how do you feel scott yeah i I mean i think obviously yeah you have your you have the team that is the worst player matchup in the colts and you have the team that you know certainly while frank reich is a good coach obviously bill belichick is is you know a hall of fame coach um and someone who has obviously tormented the bills through the years has come up with good game plans in the past though not the last time out obviously um i think I think the, the the thing that concerned me about playing Dolphins was that you, you rarely see teams beat other teams three times in a year. But mm-hmm. in a split series, you know, obviously it's going to happen where, where if you play them again in the playoffs, someone's going to get that get that third win. Um, I am also would would prefer playing the Patriots. I think the Colts are just a, a real bad matchup. I feel like they'd be really confident going in there. The 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 Pats, um, the Bills have obviously, um, you know, the Colts have played in. Buffalo and lost, but obviously played a good game. Um, obviously, the Pats have won in Buffalo, um, so mm-hmm. there's something to be said for that. Um, but I think, I think the way the Bills are well, playing, well, the Colts played they, in Buffalo and destroyed the Bills. They didn't play in Buffalo. Oh right, yes, yes. Well, I was thinking last year at the playoffs, but yes. Oh yes, yeah, that, that is true. Yes. Yes, um, but you're right. There was that. <laughs> there was that. I, I omitted that. <laughs> there, was, there was that random 40, from my, 41 to 15 game earlier. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with the Patriots and then the Colts. All right. So our final order is determined by consensus. 
The orders we want most to least, Pittsburgh, number one, then Las Vegas, two, Baltimore, three, the Chargers, four, New England, fifth, and Indy, sixth. Uh, the bad news for us, of course, is that if you look at the percentages, there is a 61% chance uh, we will get a matchup we do not want in the first round. Well, and, you know, I think we mentioned this a bit last year. You're going to have to play the good teams eventually in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if you can sneak one out here uh, early in round one. So and just so we don't jinx the division, I do want to. Uh, yes. ranked that as quickly in my head, which is I had Tennessee as the most desirable, then Cincinnati, and then Kansas City is the least desirable in the first round. Okay, so there you go. That's that's yeah. Scott covering his uh, his uh, juju, making sure everything's yeah. good, and we'll take care of that. Uh, or Paul, or Paul, us, yeah. or yeah. Paul, or Paul, you're Paul. He's Scott. I'm Frank. Good night, everybody. Um, Ryan Bates has a knee issue. He's day to day, which I'm told is completely different than Emmanuel Sanders, who has a knee issue is, and is day to day. Basically, a lot of people are like, well, I don't know. I guess he's not going to. They, they have separate knees. Yes, they have different. They have two different knees that apparently have two different injuries. Um, so but everyone was like, oh, Ryan Bates, he'll probably play. But Emmanuel Sanders, he's still day to day with that knee from last week. So he's probably not going to play. I don't know how that makes sense. Uh, F.A. Odoba also day-to-day with a question mark. We don't know why. It is an ankle. Now the Bills came out with the report, the official report 19 minutes ago. And just to uh, feed the fire of the, the, the fans with the knee injuries, Sanders with a knee injury did not practice. Bates with a knee injury limited in practice. Okay, so there you go. Yep. Deion I Dawkins mean, did not practice, but that was personal. And uh, yeah, ankle, about as an ankle, he didn't practice. And then Oliver has been limited with an ankle all year, and he still practiced. Everyone else is veteran rest. Veteran rest and and limited because I think it was the walkthrough. Yes. So like yes, even the veterans kind of walk through. Walk through. Yeah. Um, Bengals Pro Bowl running back Joe Mixon tested positive today for COVID nineteen. Will be out Sunday versus the Browns. Um, the Bengals have also placed Von Bell, Akeem Davis, Gaithier, Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hopkins, and Quentin Spain on the reserve COVID nineteen list as of yesterday. So probably a good reason to rest Joe Burrow because it doesn't look like anybody else is going to be, it like, looks like they're going to get the week off without wanting the week off. Maybe. Yeah. But there you go. Um, they get a bye week if you will. They do get a bye week. Let me get to listener questions so we can get to this day in bills headlines. Uh, the bills are 14 point favorites. Let me do this now. The bills are 14 point favorites over the jets. Would either of you like to pick the jets to win? I, I would not like to pick the jets to win. No. I will say this. I think the, the Jets have a good young running quarterback, which, you know, very similar to uh, the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen in the, his rookie season, uh, you know, guy makes mistakes, has a decently strong arm, certainly stronger than Mac Jones uh, has. Uh, you look at the, their defense, though. I mean, it's it's ranked 32nd in points, 32nd in yards. They don't generate many turnovers. I think the Bills should have a field day offensively, even if they played Mitch Trubisky for three quarters, which I would really like to see uh, as long as the Bills can can pull off a, a win here. But I'm not taking for granted the Jets have beaten the Jaguars, which the Bills could not do. The Jets have beaten the Titans, which the Bills could not do. And the Jets also got this close to beating Tampa Bay, at least as close as the Bills got to beating Tampa Bay, if, if not more so, if you believe in game win percentages. So... Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pick the Bills. I'll okay. doing predictions now. Should I just give my predictions? Yeah, I just I thought we could quickly say, yes, the Bills are going to win and then say a score. Sorry, but yeah, it wasn't. No, it's fine. It's... I'm, I'm going to say Buffalo wins this one. Uh, thirty five to twenty. Uh, so the so 
Paul has the Bills not covering. Not covering. It's a 16 and a half point spread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they didn't cover. 16 and a half is a lot. Yeah. They, a lot. They, I mean, it was a push this week, depending on, yes. well, based on the line we were doing last week. Right. Um, so, which is, again, strictly for entertainment purposes. Um, I think I am, yeah, I'm picking the Bills to win. I think I, I am worried um, a little bit just because, again, the, 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 the Jets showed some life and are also getting some players back and appear to be planning on playing those players like Quinn and Williams, who's been out for a while is going to play on Sunday. Um, but that said, I, again, yeah, like Paul was pointing out, the jets are just a trash heap and don't have enough talent to keep up the bills. So I will say the bills, I'll say what the hell the bills cover. Uh, I will say 41, 21. I think that Mitchell Trubisky starts the fourth quarter and, uh, the score doesn't matter. There you go. Um, sorry, I just I thought that would be like the least important part of the podcast since we're no one's going to pick the Jets. You so jinx us, right? And then again, Not that's why I didn't. That's why I wanted to mention the the other playoff scenarios too, because the Jets have also been the Bengals, who I failed to mention. So they. It's they not that be, they can't lose to the right. Jets. Obviously, it's just <laughs> that none of you are none of us are going to have a good reason why. There's nothing meaty about this game other than the Bills need to go out and execute for a while, and then they should win. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. I thought maybe we could. We could. All right. That's the last time I move it ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to do something on the fly to save us a minute. OK. I'll just only read every other question from Stephen. No. Uh your <laughs> questions from Twitter. Um, Stephen has a has a couple here. That was the least convincing, least reassuring two score win. I can recall. Allen seems to be a very hot and cold quarterback and there's not many teams the bills can handle when he's off his game. Certainly none that they'll face in January. I don't know if I'd call him hot or cold. I think he's had down games, but I, I, I think he's mostly a hot quarterback. Um, and yeah, yeah sure. I, yeah. I, I would, I would looking to be reassured. I think, that I think he's hot and cold in games. I would say that there are, he is streaky. I mean, I think all quarterbacks are a little yeah. bit, but I think, yeah, like in the middle of that, end of that second half or end of that second quarter and into the third, he was a little, he was a little off tempo. And, and it yeah. Showed. yeah. I will, I will say I will uh, disagree with the least convincing, least reassuring part in that it was a game where the defense took a uh, half to get wrapped up. They had three Josh Allen interceptions and not even counting among the turnovers, a fumble that turned into a safety. The very first time the bills touched the ball uh, and they had only four possessions in the second half, first of which was an interception, and they won by two touchdowns. Like, if you can do all those screwed up things, and they only generate, I think, one turnover, and they stopped one-fourth down at the end, mm-hmm. um, and you win by two touchdowns, I think you it is an indication that your talent is is pretty good. I think that, yeah, I think the thing is, I just wasn't thinking about this game in a reassuring manner. I wasn't... Yeah. Look, I was just like, they need to win that. Like, it's beyond like the question. You know, I those questions about assurances for teams. I always feel like those are early and midseason questions because you're not there yet at the playoffs and you need something to carry you through until like they've locked into these things. And the Bills are here now. Like the Bills were basically going to the playoffs anyway before the Falcons game. And then they secured it. And that's all that matters, because whether I feel assured or not about them, uh, what's clear is anything can happen. And so it's none of this. There's only limited value until you actually, you know, play the playoff games. Steven also likes the sound of Singletary into the secondary, not a phrase that gets uttered a lot. What is your opinion of him in Lightning's recent performance? Um, I, I felt like there was another part to that question, but maybe not. 
Uh, more specifically regarding Singletary, has he shown enough lately to convince you that he's good enough to be this team's running back for next year and beyond? Or did he fumble that opportunity long away ago and upgrade is still very necessary? I think Singletary is a replacement level running back. I They keep him fine. They they Do you want a better running back? I do. I, I mean, can you get one? Absolutely. I, to me, he's just not like he's had a very nice year and that's great, but he does nothing that blows me away. Um, that a lot of other running backs can't do. And so I, you know, I'm happy to move on from him. I'm not thoroughly disappointed if he signs a small deal and is one of the running backs here. Yeah, and I think he has another year under contract, so we won't have to yeah. worry about that. But to the first part of the question, yes, I have been reassured by how he's played in recent weeks. Remember, he had 86 yards uh, against Carolina as well. This is a good time of year for him to be picking up. He has done a good job uh, for several games in a row now of not going down on initial contact. He's really been taking tacklers with mm-hmm. him. So that's good. But yes, I also agree with Frank that he just hasn't done enough where I'd be like, if you can't get a good upgrade at, uh, like if you can get a good upgrade at running back in the off season, absolutely do it. I mean, we all liked Robert Foster and Zay Jones going into 2019. Mm-hmm. The bills didn't. And we are very glad in hindsight that the bills didn't. So, you know, upgrade where you need to. Yes, I agree. Okay, the D-line had a nice day, but with all the first and second round picks there, I would like to see more of this and against better teams. I think that is basically what yes. Scott's been saying for three years. Yes. Um, yes. The, uh, uh, I won't read the whole thing here, but the Ryan touchdown that wasn't an accompanying penalty seemed like the kind of thing that normally happens to the Bills. He basically <laughs> yes. feels like the Falcons got screwed on that play, uh, but we've talked about that plenty. Um Today and we do the, think it was something he said, yes. <laughs> yes, it must have been. I mean, I can't think of anything else. Uh, from Brian Punt, who uh, gives us Bills VHS, which, by the way, is the best new Twitter account, uh, especially for the Bills in the last year. Um, it's Bills VHS, and they basically, every week, they post different clips from old games. Uh, just calling to our attention that yesterday, January 4th, the anniversary of the Give Them the Business game, uh, where the Bills uh, were beating the Jets, and then there was a huge scrum on the field, and one guy, one Jet punched, uh, was it Jim Kelly in the nuts? Was that right? And It was, yeah, Jim Kelly giving him, and, yeah, uh, sorry, I won't, I, you ben, get the punch in here. Yes, Ben Dreeth, he just like says, down there, giving him the business, one of the great calls of all time from a uh, whatchamahoosit. Uh, Michael yeah. Mullen, question for the pod. I am going to the Jets game, and it will be the first NFL game I ever attend. What do? question mark and we assume michael means what to do what do i do uh what do you think i should do um th- is this in buffalo yeah it is in buffalo okay. so he's gonna go there's... okay so mike let's see mike highlight mike's name for a second uh i don't see where mike lives um so i don't know if he's one oh no greenfield massachusetts okay so so not coming in from europe but coming in from far away um what do we want to tell them to do? Yeah, no, I always say, you know, do if there are things you'd like to do, do them at the game. And that sounds overly simplistic. If you're the type who likes to start drinking at 8 a.m. and you, you know, have a good buzz five hours before the game, absolutely do it. If you want to not drink anything and maybe just enjoy some brats uh, at the tailgate, uh, you know, starting at 10 or 11 a.m., uh, absolutely do that. So whatever your uh, preferences for things you enjoy, do it. I've had games where I've started uh, tailgating, drinking, you know, hours before the game. I've had other games I've shown up 45 minutes in advance and gone right into the stadium. I think the key is to just enjoy, to keep your eye on the field because it's always tempting to look up the scoreboard to see what's going on. But, you know, think, hey, this is a unique experience. 
don't you know when there's downtime don't spend a lot of it looking at your phone look at the players on the sideline the coaches on the sideline mm -hmm. see how they interact you know that's always fun we got to we would comment a lot on that the last game we all went to and the bills played in pittsburgh and you know we were looking at what was happening between plays you know watch things that you normally don't pay attention to on the uh, on the broadcast look at the camera people look at the sideline reporters on certain plays focus in on a receiver's pattern or an offensive uh, lineman. You know, maybe you're thinking, oh, Diggs has been great all year. I'm going to watch him four or five consecutive plays and and just to get to enjoy that. But but yeah. most of all, enjoy the experience. You know, you, enjoy the surroundings and the camaraderie. You might want to tape the game if you have that ability at home so you can watch kind of what you're used to and, and you can see some of the – I always found that useful – um, or, or kind of interesting to kind of like, oh, I didn't realize that that's what happened on that play. That's nice. I will say the bathrooms can be a bother. Oh, the uh, bathrooms are terrible. Yeah. Yes. If you have, if you need to go to the bathroom, leave the second that bladder is telling you, eh, you, you might want to go in like 20 yeah. minutes because it could take you 20 minutes. It could. Also, don't meet anybody in the concourse like one of your friends because they will get lost and you will miss plays like I did. Um, the big field store is not in the stadium, even though you can buy stuff in the stadium. So if you're looking for a good souvenir, you might want to go to the, the I think it's in the field house store, which is part of is, is there. Um, and with regards to the, the tailgating, if you're not doing it yourself, introduce yourself, say you're from way out of town and somebody there will take care of you. You will get beer and you will get food. Um, and, and, and there are just plenty of nice people there who are are willing to share. Um, and so I would, you know, do that. And uh, don't look too closely in the back of any cars because you might not like <laughs> on in there for or or do look closely or do look closely. <laughs> you want to see how Kiko Alonso jerseys are sold. Um, Scott, did you have any any thoughts for visiting uh, the football? Stadium? I mean, start off puke and rally, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be out the night before. So oh, you yeah. want to get started on the right foot. Yeah, you can start rally. walking from Chippewa Street like at yep. three in the morning. You'll get there. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, you'll get there. Then, uh, then you want to you want to make sure you get at least um, five or ten quick beers in you before nine a.m. That'll <laughs> let you get. That'll get you at least four or five table slams through mm -hmm. until that gets you till about eleven a.m. When do the when do the gates open to the game itself? I mean, I guess I guess it's a four o'clock start. So oh yeah. Probably three o'clock, maybe the gates will open. Maybe mm -hmm. two. Usually it's a, at least two in advance, I think. Yep. Yeah, so two in advance. So you want to do another puke and rally right there before you go into the stadium because you can't do that once you're in there because, again, that'll they'll kick you out for that. That's, we don't want to yeah. do that. Um, get there early. Make sure you go down to the Jets' side of the field. Make sure to get in as many Jets' players' heads as you can in the pregame warm-ups. Yep. Make sure you've got – you're going to be <laughs> – Pretty when you go through a table, point, yeah. When you your... go through a table, go limp. Don't don't tense up. You got to go limp through the table. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, Scott. Sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> so make sure you got your insults all written down on your iPhone. You know, turn up the the screen brightness and the the font size, right? Because you're again blurry vision at this point. Make sure you got all of your well defined and picked out insults ahead of you. Um, so you want to have all those. You know, get those in. Um, then at that point. Right when you are about the coin toss, that's when you run onto the field. That's when you go for it. Rarely are people doing it that early. I think that's how you're really going to make a mark. <laughs> people, sorry, people are really going to remember that. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to forget the guy who was so blitzed that he ran out and tried to steal the opening 
coin from the coin toss uh, in a week 18 game. Um, and again, I think I, I think that'll be legendary. I think I don't think there's any way that goes poorly for you. Yeah. Uh, Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. And then if anything goes wrong, uh, we are not. A you didn't hear from us. You didn't hear yep. from us. Gate 25. Um, see if you can be arrested by 227. um this day in bill's headlines yes uh hour and three minutes in so we are gonna not uh dick around anymore here we go uh (laughs) yes january 5th is the date uh cbs is this is the year 2021 i don't know if you guys remember 2021 so uh put on your hat january 5th 2021 cbs's excitable blank isn't perfect but his right choice to call eight Bills TDs. There he goes. He breaks a tackle. He's off to the races. The punter to beat. He is zigging and zagging. Oh, what a play. Enthused blank. I'm assuming that's on the McKenzie punt return touchdown. Had Gus Johnson returned to the booth? No, no. It's the other guy who's He's known. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. This is the guy who is... Uh, He's like, I'm calling both games, uh, is, is one of his famous highlights. And then the guy ran on the field with a bra uh, a couple of years ago. He had a whole big thing about him. Vern Lundquist? No, no, I think he's, he's not doing games anymore. No. James Lofton? Steve Tasker? Nope. Uh, color comment or uh, play-by-play guy. Marv. Nope. No. Kenny. All right. Now Marv Albert. I don't think we're going to get there. So in the interest yeah. of time, Ian I'm going to say Kevin Harlan. Learn the name Kevin Harlan, guys. Yes. So, yes. Right. Uh, all right. 2020. Bill's blank confirms his retirement. I've got no regrets. I'm 100% sure he said the decision to hang up his cleats. I'm not going to allow a game like this. This was a game, the loss to the Texans in the playoffs. Uh, to factor into a decision that I made with my wife a while ago, like I said, it's about my family. I'm a man that holds my family in high regard. Uh, it's time be a father, be a husband full-time, be able to do it at a high level because I am 36. This game is brutal, and the more I play, the more debilitating it will be on my body the older I get. Lorenzo. Lorenzo is correct. Good job, Scott. All right, 2019. <laughs> How Bill's blank helped OC Brian Dable develop Josh Allen. You know, blank was invaluable to what uh, he brought being said this week. He was another set of eyes and ears that's lived that position. There's many coaches in this league that never played at this level between the white lines. There's no replacement for a guy who has done it, seen it. And not only has blank been great for Josh and for Matt, but he's also been great for Brian Dable. It's not Ken Dorsey. It's the other quarterback guy. See, I feel like this is a deceiving quote because it makes it seem like it's a coach and it's a player. Ah, it seems like, yeah. Is, is it a senior backup quarterback? Mm-hmm. Um, who was before Castle, or oh, was then after Castle, twenty nineteen? After, after yeah. Castle. Um, this was the mess of a year where they started with, uh, I think Peterman, Allen, and then they had uh, the guy, guy they they had well they had McCarron who they traded to the, the Raiders, and then they rebooted their whole backups behind Allen all after that. Played one season with the Bills, memorable mm. Monday night start in. Uh, against New England, where he almost got 300 yards. But not Trent Edwards. Um, Played historically bad in a victory over the Bills in, like, 2008, I want to say, when he was with Cleveland. Kelly Holcomb? No, no. Yeah, I, this is a, oh. this is a uh, tough oh, one. Oh, uh, Anderson. Derek, Derek Anderson. Anderson. Derek Anderson. Anderson. Right, there we go. Well I was like, who's the other? Who's the other? <laughs> yep, the other guy. guy. Mr. Concussion, Derek Anderson. All right. 2019 bonus bonus headline bring in blank 
Reasons for and against Buffalo Bills acquiring blank. Sean McDermott has stressed culture since becoming Bills head coach based on Antonio reports. Brown. There, yeah, you didn't even need the rest of it. You knew exactly <laughs> where that was going. Uh, good decision. Uh, 2017, no quiz, but uh, it says Bills interviewing Panthers defensive coordinator Sean McDermott. I'm going to go back to Doug Whaley and say, go hire him. Uh, he's going to fire you, but please go hire him anyway. All right. 2015, report. Doug Marone was not in favor of Doug Whaley, Bills, and Doug Whaley and Bills trading up for blank. The seeds of discontent were sown in Buffalo last May when Bills trade up to land blank, Adam Schefter said. According to those in the Bills draft room, Doug Marone clearly was not pleased with the trade in which Buffalo surrendered a future first-round pick to Cleveland in a deal that did not involve a quarterback. There are different accounts of exactly how unhappy Marone was. Some say he stormed out of the draft room, and others simply say he walked out of the draft room. We're looking at a player the Bills trade up for to draft in 2015. 2015. Actually, it would have been 2014 they trade up for him since it's this headline's from January 5th. Of, EJ uh, Manuel? Nope, again, didn't involve because no, it wasn't. A oh, that no, wasn't a quarterback. Okay, yeah, I was like, that's, yeah. Uh, uh, Darius, I feel like, was our natural third rounder. Mm-hmm. He would have been a bit before yeah. then. This was a third or fourth overall pick, though, just like Darius. So they moved up for this guy. Definitely could say he was disappointing, though I will say, and I think this will probably give it away, he really showed up uh, when it counted most, which was in the Super Bowl. Stephon Gilmore? No, that was a great guess. Um, He's playing for the Ravens right now. Yeah. Sammy, very good, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, that's right. Yep. All right. This one, uh, this is one of my favorites. Uh, 2012, going back nine years, tw- 10 years, excuse me. I don't even know what year it is. W- agent, wide receiver blank, agrees to deal with bills. Listed at six feet and 188 pounds, blank has been out of football since being weighed by the Carolina Panthers before the start of this past season. He had six catches for 102 yards in 10 games with the Panthers in 2010. This player uh, was completely unmemorable. The Bills let him go before the regular season. He never played again. I think he has something like 22 catches in his career. Uh, He's memorable because we, I think specifically Frank, chose to use this player's name in the title of episode six of our podcast in July of 2012. Now, this same exact title that Frank used for our podcast was used by ESPN's uh, Mina Kimes for one of her August 2019 podcasts, only she was referring to a more famous NFL player who has the same last name as the guy the Bills signed. Hmm. And so, so you guys don't think about it too long. I will say that the title comes from a famous 2012 quote by a baseball player. Oh, that's a David Clowney question, bro. Yes, that is, in there fact, is. a Clowney question, bro. David Clowney is correct. Of course, mine was referring to that. That was the name of one of my last fantasy baseball or football teams. I forget which one it was. There you go. So that is, in fact, a David Clowney question, bro. Well done, Frank. All right. Uh, 2010, blank retirement decision expected soon. When you're losing, it's just not a good feeling. The locker room blank said winning would have revived me a little more. I haven't made a decision. I'm going to think about it and make the best decision I can for everybody. Uh, Sadly, this guy did, in fact, retire. Uh, Played nine seasons with the Bills, two Pro Bowls, and 78 sacks. Aaron Schobel. Aaron Schobel. Very good. All right. 
2000, no hints on this one. So just notice the date and think about it. Uh, January 5th, 2000, benching blank, a sizable risk. Rob Johnson and Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie, Flutie yes. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oopsie, Wade Phillips. All what, right. Uh, <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. They were in the game. They were. Should have. <laughs> Blame uh, the owner. What can I say? Well, May he rest now. in peace. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for keeping the team here, but bad decision. Yeah. All right. Uh, 1996. Blank likely to miss Saturday's game. It is looking more and more like the Buffalo Bills will be without their new but not-so-secret offensive weapon for Saturday's playoff game in Pittsburgh. Blank continues to be bothered by a pulled tendon uh, behind his left knee it suffered in last week's playoff victory over Miami, in which he had over 100 yards. He did not take part in any full-scale practices this week and participate only on a limited basis in Thursday's light session. Um with blank out of the lineup, the Bills will be missing a big play receiver who often draws single coverage when opponents either load up to stop the run or blitz, two things the Steelers are likely to do. In the sixth game, this is kind of key here, in the sixth game since becoming a regular receiver, not counting the meaningless regular season finale against Houston, blank has caught 20 passes for 319 yards and four TDs. This could be Eric Moltz. But could I think he, that... he was a rookie at the time. Yeah. He was so this it is not mold, but that was a very good guess. OK, yeah, that's why I was like. It's either his rookie year or just before his rookie year. I'll, I'll give another sentence to rule out some names for you. Now it's up to his replacement, Russell Copeland, to pick up the slack along with Andre Reed and Bill Brooks. How about Quinn Early? Quinn's a good guess. I think he came. He was a little before, though. I think it was a year or two before. Okay. I think 95 was his last year. Is this a big name receiver? It's a big name. I will say that. You're not a big yeah. name receiver. All right. It does say even if he couldn't play receiver, Blank had hoped to be used on punt returns and as a holder for Steve Christie. I forgot just how much this guy did. And still, none that of the things I... Steve Tasker? Steve Tasker is good. Wow, there you Jersey go. That did it. Special teams gunner, and look at all the other things he did. Yeah. All right, last one. <clears throat> uh, going back 33 years to 1989. <laughs> Blank in Eye of Jungle against Bengals balanced attack. Smelling out masters of deception will be one of the difficult tasks for the Buffalo Bills defense Sunday in the AFC championship game. In the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bills are faced with a team that confounds defenses with a variety of formation, a multitude of personnel changes. To combat the Bengals' multiple fronts, the Bills will be relying in part on a master of their own, Blank, an expert at analyzing, recognizing, and reacting properly. Blank has used that skill to give the Bills another fine year at free safety. The third-year prod of William & Mary led the team in interceptions during the regular season with seven, tied for second in the AFC, and although he didn't make the Pro Bowl, he did receive an honor being named to the All-Pro team picked by Sports Illustrated's Dr. Z, Paul Zimmerman. There's just so Larry much Bird. information there, I kind of lost track of Yeah, sorry. I'll give the was... sense and we'll get it. Blank <laughs> has used that skill to give the Bills another fine year at free safety. Okay. Third-year prod of William & Mary... Led team Ar interceptions. Ar Kelso? Ar Kelso. There yeah. we go. Thank you. So, I was just like so much going on. I was like. I realized it was, I was going on. I'm like, why did I copy so much of this sub headline? And why did I uh, read some of these sentences? But anyway, uh, very well done, guys. I think there was uh, Kevin Harlan was a rough start, but the rest but of the. He's these, not even a bill. Like that's not, not even. You know, it's a bill's headline, though. That's bills fair. are mentioned <laughs> in the headline. That's fair. Um, otherwise, you got there with uh, almost all of these. So uh, good job on this day in Bill's headlines for January 5th.
Well, thank you. That was a lot of fun. Um, we hope you all tune in next week. Uh, as you, as we said earlier, we're all going to pick the Bills to beat the Jets, even though the Jets have some things going for them. Um, so there you go. Um, we appreciate listening. MNY Bills on Twitter. Uh, give us a listen. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.